Welcome to another edition of Market Impact Insights, your podcast source for business leadership perspectives to help your business grow. Hear from experts in marketing, sales, business strategy, and more with practical advice for business success. Make sure you won't miss the latest episodes by visiting marketimpactnow.com. Now, here's your host, Dan Albaum. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we're going to take a little bit of a different approach. We're going to talk about the linkage between sport and business. And there is a a lot of uh, linkage when you really think about it in terms of success achieved on the playing field, on the track, in a sporting endeavor, and some of those learnings that can be brought over into business success. And there's a very famous quote from hockey legend Wayne Gretzky that is, You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And this one's pretty simple to break down, which is success is not always constantly searching for your address in business. It's not going to knock on your door. It's not necessarily going to hand itself over to you. You have to be aggressive. You have to make things happen. You need to realize when that opportunity uh, exists to go for it. And I'm so excited for our guest today who can really talk through more about what it means to go for it. And that's Corey Tarpening. Corey is an Olympian, a successful business entrepreneur. Corey was an Olympic pole vault finalist in the 1988 and 1992 Summer Games, finishing fourth in the pole vault event in Barcelona, and has been a real maverick in retail store operations, opening the first Starbucks in Monaco, and also bringing Nike-branded stores to multiple locations in France and Monaco. Corey, welcome to Market Impact Insights. Thank you, Dan. It's nice to be here. So, Corey, you and I both grew up in the track and field mecca of Eugene, Oregon, and you achieved success at the highest level in one of the most demanding physical events in track and field. And then you've gone on to achieve incredible business success uh, through your entrepreneurial activities. What are some of the key things that you were able to take from your athletic experience uh, at a world-class level that has helped you be so successful in your business career? Well, Dan, you know, it's interesting. I mean, they're, they're the obvious answers to that, you know, whether the things that make you successful in sport, whether it's focus and dedication, finding your real passion, the commitment, the discipline, and all that it takes to be successful. Um, in sport and all those, you know, I, I learned those attributes through sport and those attributes are very, very transferable to the business world. Um, but one of the big, big things I think is, is preparation. And for me, you know, preparation is the, is the key to success. Uh, for it's, it, I can say 90% of success is preparation and a small bit of luck that might pop in there every now and again. But, um, but really uh, what people can really relate to is if you say, you know, you're talking about in the academic environment, if you prepare yourself well for an exam that's coming up, then you sometimes you go in the exam, you walk out and say, wow, that was a really easy test. Or if you're not prepared, you come out and say, wow, that was really a hard test. I looked at the same way in sport where I was preparing, I was training really, really hard. And uh, if I was prepared well, I would go to a competition. That was my, that was my exam. That was my test. And I would go in there and I performed well and I'd say, okay, that was, it went pretty well, but I, it was well, it went well because I was prepared. Um, 
And then the same thing in business. You, if you plan your business well and you are prepared for all the different elements that, that you anticipate that can't come up, usually you can have pretty good success. So I think that's uh, those are the big things that are, were really transferable for me from the sporting world into the business world. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And we talk a lot in the marketing world about this concept of the four P's uh, as part of uh, promotion, place, um, product, etc. But there's also this concept of the two P's, Corey, that uh, you've talked about, and that's patience and persistence. Can you talk a little bit about how those really impact business success? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the patience and persistence, I mean, in, in sports, you know, you have to be persistent and, and, uh, and keep going at it. You know, I think you, you mentioned earlier about Wayne Gretzky, you, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take, but, but, you know, you also can't be afraid of, of failure and, and, uh, um, to take that shot. I, I failed many, many, many times, but at the same time, I, I was persistent to go back and try again and work again and work through the patience of, you know, be patient enough to know that there's a developmental process in, in, in getting better in, in sport. Um, you know, and, and the same thing can be said in, in business. You can't expect to be super successful in business just to, you know, overnight. I, I know there's a lot of immediacy to a current generation, you know, of people going into business today, but I think uh, you still have to look at the long-term approach and, and plan for the long-term and, and work toward the long-term. Um, you know, I think you mentioned earlier that I, I brought Starbucks to, to Monaco, but, um, and you know, the day I opened Starbucks in 2013 and in Monaco, people just see suddenly the arrival of Starbucks in Monaco. But what most people don't know is I was working on that for five years before it, uh, it opened the doors. Um, and so there was a lot of persistence of, of getting through that whole story and, and meeting the people and convincing the Starbucks people to open a store in Monaco that we can do it here and so on and so on. Um, patience because things don't happen overnight, both on the side of Starbucks, but also in Monaco, for example. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's something that you just have to, you know, develop the, uh, you know, both of those, those skills and, um, the persistence is, is a really big one. Yeah. Corey, when, when we were preparing for the show today, you told me a very interesting story about, uh, your college coach and a perspective that he brought in terms of thinking longer term versus shorter term. Could you share that? Oh yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that was probably one of the biggest lessons I had and it sticks with me in this life, in my life today. You know, I was training my first year with, with this really, really good, well-known world-class coach, one of the best in the world. And he had a long-term approach for me. And, you know, here I am a sophomore at the university of Oregon and, and wanting to do my best straight away. And, looking for top results in that year. Um, and then, you know, we, I made some progress the first year. We started the second year training and, and a month or two into the year, I was taking notes of what we were doing, you know, a year ago and also the current, the current uh, training cycle. And I noticed we were doing things different. And I asked the coach, and I said, you know, why are we doing things differently now compared to the same time last year? And he explained to me that, you know, there's a long-term approach. What you did last year, now you've passed that phase. Now you're into a new part of your development. And then he told me something that has, again, has stuck with me for this to this day. And, and it is a big part of my, my approach to life, really. And he said, don't expect to reach your potential for seven years. And I thought to myself, whoa, I want to be good now. I want to be good, you know, and, and also this, uh, this immediacy of, of wanting the results now. 
And he said, no, it's going to be a step-by-step approach and you will develop. And, and, and the biggest thing for him was not to spoil the talent, not to try to go too fast, to rush it in a way that, uh, that you know, I get injured or, or I get burnt out or all that kind of stuff. It was a step-by-step methodical approach and strategic approach. And so we planned well for it. And as a, you know, as a result, I, I reached my potential with him in six years. But all, all the same, it was, a, it was a long-term approach and something you have to be patient to work through. Yeah. And it's probably a, a matter of setting a whole sequence of incremental goals, right? Or milestones mm-hmm. over that period of time. And then it just builds on itself, right? You achieve one Absolutely. and then you move on to the next and it just builds and builds and builds, right? Over the course of those years. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to, you, you set some short-term goals and objectives and some longer-term ones. You know, when I, since I was very, very young, I wanted to be an Olympian. Uh, I started to get it, you know, it became more of a clear picture when I was at the University of Oregon and I started to, you know, become national class uh, and then eventually started competing internationally. Um, and you, again, it's, you, you, you reach those goals that you might have for that particular year, but then you, you think about what it will take then eventually to become an Olympian, uh, make the Olympic team, and, and you know that you've got to get to that next level. But, you know, you can't expect, in very few cases, can you expect to really jump at such a high level, uh, you know, go from national level to world world class level so quickly. So you have to make those, those incremental uh, steps along the way. Yeah, definitely. And so Corey, as someone from the U.S. who has spent the majority of your business life outside of the U.S., what are some of the most important things you've learned being able to operate really from a global perspective? Well, you know, I moved to Paris in 1990. And one of the most striking things to me straight away, you know, first of all, learning a different culture, learning a different language, that was a big, big thing. Um, but, you know, just because they do things differently over here doesn't mean it's the wrong way. Uh, you know, Americans like ice in their Coke. French people don't. But I, I would sit down at restaurants many, many times that, you know, with uh, Americans coming over to France and they're like, how come, you know, they, they can't get it right? Why, are they, why won't they serve ice in their Coke? <laughs> it's not that it's the wrong way. It's just a different way. And, um, and so I think that's something that opened my eyes a little bit you know, and my mind uh, that, you know, just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. And so I'm a little bit more, yeah, open-minded in that sense. But but also, you know, living over here, things are not as as efficient as they are in the States in a lot of ways. And so, again, it it tests your patience. Um, But, you know, the biggest thing is is learning and respecting that there's a whole new culture and and how to do things in that culture. It's It's a big part. Yeah, that, that that's true. And so many of us that are in the marketing and business world, we are either managing teams that are geographically dispersed, or we're developing customer relationships or supplier relationships uh, that transcend borders. And so understanding those cultural nuances, right? And there's no one right way. It's just, we've got different perspectives. So um, obviously, um, uh, those are key skills for anyone who's trying to grow a business. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's a major challenge for any multinational company that has to try to, you know, have an impact in in a foreign country, even if it's a U.S. based company or, <clears throat> excuse me, a foreign based company coming into the U.S. Um, you have to understand the the local 
you know, culture and how things get done. And I know that's a major, major challenge for you know, a lot of multinational companies. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been obviously very successful in growing your businesses, uh, but you've obviously also seen other business owners um, succeed, maybe hit some some roadblocks or challenges. What are some of the most common obstacles or pitfalls that you've seen other business owners face as they're trying to generate long-term growth? Well, I think, you know, a lot of it is, you know, if they have a lack of planning um, and inability to, to really execute what they really want to do. Um, if they don't, again, think through the process, and I, and I go back to my sporting days, you know, I used to put together a really strong and, and structured training plan that would go through a, a macro cycle of three months, for example, and then I would break that down to micro cycles, so weekly cycles. And I would, I would really try to balance the, the work volume against the intensity, et cetera, et cetera. And if I planned it well and I executed well, then I was usually pretty successful. And I think in the same way businesses, uh, you, can, you can put that into a business setting as well. And if you don't go through a, a methodical approach, don't understand what your, your product launch may be or, or your, your target market may be, then you may just be, you know, uh, how to say, uh, just, you know, shooting the stars in, in a way to understand maybe I get it right, maybe I don't get it right. Um, and I saw a lot of athletes as well who didn't train well, and sometimes they would go out and have a good day, but they, there was no long-term, you know, success for them and, and consistent success because sometimes they would get it right, sometimes they wouldn't. You know, it's the same thing in business. I think you really have to, to be strong with your planning, be strong with your execution, um, be patient. Uh, again, there's no, there's no, oftentimes no real quick, uh, success. I always try to tell my children, you know, instant success takes time. Um, and it really does. You can't, uh, and that's again, just the, the right planning, the right patience, the right, uh, approach to, to be successful. Yeah. It always does come back to proactive planning and mm-hmm. really, uh, staying the course through all the potential distractions along the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So any final advice that you would have for people trying to create impact for their business? Well, I think, again, it comes down to making sure they know the marketplace um, and then, you know, what the market is, is demanding. And if they're putting out a product, I hope they, they know that the, the market wants that. Um, and then plan accordingly and go, go forward methodically, uh, know where they're going. I mean, I, it's, it's interesting. I've got a very diversified group of businesses. Um, I started off with, you know, with, with the Nike store and I see how that business has evolved over the last 15 years. Uh, and I'll come back to that in a second. And then I go into a Starbucks uh, setting and, and which I opened, you know, six, almost six years ago. And, and more recently, I, I have a hair salon, which I opened in the, in the Hotel de Paris in, in Monaco. Now, if you look at those three businesses, they're very, very different. And where I see the impact that has evolved with the Nike store uh, that I opened in, in uh, 2004, there was not such a, it wasn't so prevalent, the online shopping like it is today. Mm-hmm. And even with having a great, strong brand like Nike, Nike corporately is taking a strategy to really go to Nike.com and pushing the, the direct consumer 
experience for them as a, as a company. Uh, and so, therefore, my franchise store in Monaco will, will suffer and is has been hit a little bit by that, by the, the fact that people know what the product they want. They will. They can just order online. They can shop online. They find the best deals online. They don't even have to go out and fight traffic and fight, you know, whatever. And they can order and it's delivered to their house. It's a great service. Um, but you know, comparing that to Starbucks, it's difficult to order coffee online, um, and it's difficult to get a haircut online. So <laughs> you know, to think yeah. of where is where is our society going? What what kind of business opportunities are out there? And I mean, Dan, you mentioned it earlier in the, in the introduction, where taking getting opportunities and, and uh, taking them when they when they come up. You know, I honestly I didn't really know anything about the hair salon, but it was an opportunity that came up, and I kind of jumped on it. And again, looking at the current environment, where I saw what was happening a little bit with with the Nike store and people are now ordering online, I thought to myself, maybe I should get a business that you can't buy something online, you can't do it online. So that's kind of how that evolved and. And, um, and again, if you don't try, you, you don't know if you succeed. If you don't take the shot, you will you will fail. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you are a real inspiration in achieving that success. Uh, you've gone for it. Uh, you've been able to take the learning from the success you had uh, in track and field and uh, obviously applied it uh, longer term in the business. So, Corey, thanks again for coming and sharing your insights with us today. It's a real pleasure, Dan. Thank you for having me. And to everyone out there, a reminder to visit marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.